When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Save big on Brunch for Mom, all in the Kroger app. Get 16-ounce packs of flavorful Angus 90% Lean Ground Sirloin for $4.99 each with a digital coupon. Then buy two, get two free on 12 packs of delicious Coca-Cola, Pepsi, or 7-Up, all with your card. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details. Hey, Tommy, we're going to be talking cars today, but we're going to be talking RIP cars. One of the saddest topics in the automotive world, when cars say farewell, when they go to the great junkyard in the sky, and the top 10 cars that died this year I have right in front of me. So um, yeah, it's a sad day, but you know, cars come and they go. And in a lot of cases, they are replaced by new models. In some cases, they are not replaced by anything new, and they are just gone and slowly fade into the sunsets. But as you mentioned, we are discussing the top 10 cars that died so far in 2021. But before we get to um, the RIP cars, RIP, rest in peace, let's talk about some news. Okay. Uh, And, uh, you know, it's been kind of a slow news week, actually. Not a lot has happened. Uh, The biggest news, of course, of the week was that... uh, Stellantis kind of laid out their electrification strategy. Uh, And uh, probably for all you Jeepers out there, the most interesting bit of news was that uh, Jeep is going to have an electrified version of every one of their vehicles. Coming up next, the electrified Jeep Grand Cherokee, at least a hybrid. Yeah, and um, we have some new mottos for these brands in the Stellantis lineup and some truly terrible models, I think it's, it's fair to say. These are catchphrases that the new brands are uh, are um, going to be adopting, and they are well. They're they're kind of cringy. I have a list of them. Do you want to know what some of them are? Uh, reading through them, I I I, I died inside. But uh, go, go ahead. I don't know whoever came up with these should probably have gone back to the blackboard. All right, go for the go for the new uh, Stellantis model lineup. Uh, I guess they're catchphrases, mottos, whatever the hell they are. Heating up people, but not the planet. <laughs> Of people. What but, brand do you think that is? Uh, I think that's Alfa Romeo. I think that one's Fiat. Oh, is that Fiat? <laughs> There's no room to eat of people. In How about Fiat. this one? Tearing up the streets, not the planet. Oh, that's got to be uh, Dodge, right? I think that one's Dodge, yep. And by, about- the, by the way, Dodge also unveiled their electrification plan. Uh, they're going to be building electric muscle cars. I think we knew that was coming. How about this one? Yeah. Green is the new cool. Green is a new cool. Yes, that's one of the brands in the Stellantis lineup. I'm going to go with Peugeot. Um, I've forgotten already, actually. <laughs> I think it might be like Opal or something. Okay, Opal. How about right. this one? Um, there's one others that you will know for sure. There's some really bad ones. The Art of Travel Magnified, Turning Sustainable Mobility into Quality Time. That one is Peugeot, I think. Okay. Um, zero Emission Freedom. What do you think that is? Zero Chrysler? Jeep. Oh, God. Zero emission freedom is a new Jeep motto. We've got a long way from the toughest four-letter word on wheels to zero emission freedom. Oh, my. Oh, my. You know, maybe it's one of those cases of, like, it sounded good in French, but when you translate it to English, it, it didn't quite... Zero emission freedom. What do you think that, uh, that, that, that translates to? C'est magnifique. <laughs> It doesn't work when you're talking uh, here. Yeah, I think I, I don't want to look. I think we've raked these guys over the coals enough. Uh, I, I suspect after the um, the uh, publicity that they've gotten off of all these um, logo motto thingies, they're gonna uh, probably gonna come back to the drawing board, wouldn't you say? Yeah. How about this one from oh 2024? Alpha becomes Alpha E Romeo. <laughs> Jeez. All right. That's horrible. I Romeo? No, E as in like put an E on anything and it becomes more sustainable apparently. Dad. I thought it was I. We're past I now. We moved no, on, we moved we moved to, on e. to E. Yeah. Yep, for sure. <laughs> the Iulia? 
Iulia. Iulia. No, Iulia. It'd be the Iulia instead of the Julia. Or the Julie. Yikes. Iustelvio. Ivio. There's going to be smoke coming out of your head if you think about this one too much harder, Dad. So let's move on to our list of the top 10 cars that died so far in 2021. Uh, before One more thing, I'm gonna, news-wise. Uh, if you're listening to this uh, audibly, uh, you will know that we are going to the Chicago Auto Show okay. uh, this week. Uh, it's come back, our first auto show in like two years. Uh, and uh, if you're watching it on YouTube, the auto show would have just taken place. But anyway, there's a lot going on at the auto show. Uh, Ford is rolling out all of their, well, their, their hottest vehicles, uh, the Maverick, the Bronco, uh, and the Lightning. Uh, so they'll be there. Uh, I think, uh, you know, we're going to have wall-to-wall coverage. Me and Andrea are going. Only one day this week, this year, uh, for the press days. So it's going to be busy, but me and Andrea are going to be giving you as many new vehicle reveals as possible in the Sweet. time that we have. Yeah, that's going to be an interesting week. I don't know what else is supposed to be debuted. So obviously we know what the Bronco and the uh, the Maverick and the Lightning look like. But is there going to be anything debuted? Any new vehicles? I don't know. That's the, always the thing. You know, we, we were uh, we were expecting that to be the Tundra. But the Tundra got already kind of... <laughs> I, I was going to say unveiled. But it was more of a train wreck than that. Uh, so who knows? Maybe they'll have a Tundra there. Wouldn't that be cool? That would be very cool. That would be really cool. All right. Uh, the top 10 cars that died in 2021 so far. What is number 10, Tommy? So number 10 is the car behind me if you're watching on YouTube. But if you're not, it's the Volkswagen Golf specifically the standard Golf. So the Golf has a bunch of generations, currently eight generations. And in the U.S., we've had one through seven, but we are not getting the eighth generation Golf with an exception. What's the exception? Well, the eighth gen is coming to the States in GTI and apparently Golf R form only. But if you want a standard stripped down um, iconic golf, you can't get one for the eighth generation. Now in Europe, you can. Like if you're listening to this in Germany or the UK, you can probably go out and buy an eighth generation golf right now. It's just a standard model. But here in the United States, if you want the new golf, you have to get a GTI or a performance model. So uh, if you want a golf, you got to get yourself a Taos, a Tiguan, or an Atlas instead. Well, yeah. I mean, if you read between the lines, I think that the Tiguan has pretty much killed the golf because the golf has always been like an entry-level family car, right? And now that's more of the Taos because you Americans don't stop buying stupid crossovers. So that's what happened. You know, I am. I, I love Volkswagen. It's one of my favorite brands. Uh, uh, you know, they built some of the best cars in the world, but I am completely befuddled by their North American car strategy. You know, I, 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 I think what is happening is that all the decisions about what cars to bring to America are taking place in Wolfsburg, you know, like the headquarters, uh, and they don't take a lot of input from the folks here. Because, look, uh, Volkswagen should be ruling America. They were the first, like, non-American brand to really put down roots, right, with the Beetle way back in the day, long before the Japanese, long before the Koreans. Uh, and yet they're struggling, you know, selling many cars here. Uh, and I remember I was at uh, Geneva and I was having a long conversation with like the fifth or five CEOs ago of the of the Volkswagen North America dude. And I said, you guys need to bring the Amrock over, like ASAP, right? Yep. Uh, Which is their sell, truck. It's yeah, a pickup truck. Yeah, you will sell the you know, off of it. Uh, and he was like, no, chicken tax, you know, can't do it, too expensive. Instead, two cars they brought over that absolutely did not sell, the CC, don't get that at all, uh, and the Arteon, right? These are cars that, that completely don't work, or maybe they do work in America, but nobody really wants them for the most part. They're, they're such small niche players. Uh, and it's just, you know, confounding. The other one that, that they would have sold, and they were first, once again, right? They have the van, the California Nathan and Andre got to drive it around California. A beautiful uh, four-wheel drive adventure van. Advent, you know, that, that, that would probably sell in the hundreds of thousands, even at a very high price point right now, because, uh, you know, those things are red hot, right? We just took the uh, well, Mercedes 4 by 4 Hang on. A storyteller van. We need to, we need to clarify what this is because I think right, they, define it. It's a video. You can go check it out on. So on. there's a in in Europe. Volkswagen has a work van called the Volkswagen Transporter, and one of the options that they will sell you is something called the California, which is a fully kitted out pop top camper van 
right from the dealer. So this isn't some conversion. Um, Volkswagen, you know, will sell you through dealership a fully done um, little baby RV, basically. And it's not really like the Sprinter 4x4. It's much, much smaller. It's also not quite as off-road oriented. No, no, it, but it's got, you can get it in all-wheel drive. But you, you my, can you get it in four motion? Yes, of course, yeah. Um, but the point is, it's a really cool kind of retro look at the Westphalia version of the old school it's, it's iconic Volkswagen. It's incredibly thoughtfully designed. I mean, yeah, it's, it's really well done, yeah. It's tons really well of engineering, done. right? You've got everything, you know, everything you'd want in a little tiny van for overlanding, including like, you know, a sink, a refrigerator, uh, curtains, uh, integrated uh, uh, picnic chairs, integrated picnic table. I'm 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 starting a movement to kill the word overlanding. Yeah, overlanding. I think means it's nothing. very very overdone. Like perhaps five years ago it meant something. Perhaps now. not overlanding, but perhaps the ultimate camping machine. Yeah. If you wanted to take a cool vacation in a really unique warranty van, the Transporter California would be just amazing. But they don't bring it over. No, no, and you know when when we. I think Nathan and Andre, you know, got to drive it around California like maybe three years ago, and then we went to Europe, and I was looking at them, you know, zipping around there, and I, I had huge, huge like lust for them, and they're expensive; they're like sixty, seventy thousand euros, and they probably have to be in that same number here. But I think even at eighty thousand dollars, they would sell, like I said, the balls off of them because we just took the storyteller, um, sp um, basically Sprinter Mercedes, right, to Moab. And that bad boy was 195000 And they're selling them because there's like a six-month wait to get one. So, yeah, uh, I, once again, I don't understand like what, who's doing the product planning in Wolfsburg, but it feels tone-deaf to what's happening in the market here. So the base Golf, though, bringing it full circle here, great little car in the seventh generation and the sixth and the fifth. And it's a little sad that we're not getting it, but at least for those looking for the performance version, they're not killing it all together. And the GTI is still on its way to the States. Why do you think they cut the Golf? Why? You just not enough sales? I, just don't, I don't know if the sales Nobody's are... buying cars? They're selling so many yeah. um, Tiguans and now hopefully the Taos as well, the little crossover, that I think they think that that class is no longer interested in buying a, a little hatchback. They'd rather buy a hatchback with some cladding that's lifted and uh, marketed as an SUV. Maybe they should have thrown some cladding on it. That's right, yeah. They did, the yeah. Ultrack. That's yeah, what the Ultrack was. Yeah, but I'm saying just on the Golf. Maybe throw some cladding on the Golf. Well, that's what a Taos is. Give, I mean, the Taos is not like a full-blown SUV. Give it, give it a one-inch lift. That's what the Taos is. It's just the, the worst Golf. Dude, the Taos, I hate to say this, but the Taos is a little bit uh, uh, early out of the oven, let's say. Uh, that transmission has issues. It's just, it's... We just we just reviewed it. Check out our review of our TFL car. Uh, it's a really cool little car, but uh, in terms of actually off-roading it... I do it's, not... It's got, it's a little half-baked in some respects. I think, I think the transmission tuning is especially uh, problematic right now. I do not understand the want of this class of car. The, the Mazda CX-30, the Toyota CHR, the Corolla Cross now the Ford Echo Sport. I mean, basically, you're just buying yourself a worse hatchback. It's a little bit taller, but it handles worse. It's less fuel efficient than a traditional hatchback because it's more weight and it's taller. I mean, I just what you're not going to take it off road because they can't go off road. What's the appeal? I should I should kind of clarify. It's not the transmission tuning. It's a transmission tuning in the Taos with the turbo engine. The two are like like when the power comes on, it takes. There's just horrendous turbo lag, and then when it does actually... I, yeah, it's it, not it, a very... It, 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 it's like the two aren't talking to each other. The issue, Dad, in with my opinion, is not that the Taos is all that bad. It's just that classic... No, the, ta the Taos is amazing for a amount of room. But, it's an amazing amount of room in that. The, that class of car, I'm saying, makes no sense to me. All of them. The Volkswagen, the, the Ford, the Toyota, the Honda. I mean, just buy a normal... Just build a normal hatchback. Go buy that. It's a, it's a better version of that look, car. Look, one of the most... Look, dude, one of the most popular cars out there... There is means to my madness is the car we just bought, which is a Crosstrek XV. And basically, they took an Impreza, they threw some cladding on and it. And they, they made it worse. No, no. They made it very <laughs> popular. They gave it, you know, 8.9 inches of ground clearance, right? And they put symmetric all-wheel drive on it. Uh, and it's the most... One of the most popular cars Subaru uh, sells. Why not do the same thing to the Golf? Well, that's what they did with the Taos. It's the same car. No, it's not. It's not the same car. The Taos is a completely different chassis. It's a completely different. I know, vehicle. but from I'm a saying... fundamental thought process, it's just a slightly taller Golf. And I understand that the Crosstrek is really popular. It's not. The Golf. The Golf has all this heritage, and it has this reputation of being one of the best cars in the world. So just throw some cladding on it and call it the Golf Cross, or I don't know, whatever you want. You know, Cross Turismo, whatever you want. 
want to call it, uh, and make it a little bit more off-road where we maybe stick some off-road lights on it. I would buy but, that in a heartbeat. I, and I think I think that would give the Crosstrek a run for its money. It would make the golf relevant again instead of just killing it and going to this silly Taos thing. They which, literally did do exactly what you said. It was called the Alltrack. No, it the Alltrack was a station wagon. But it was just a slightly bigger golf. No, no, no. It was not it was a golf. Still, it, was, it, it was was based it on was the a, golf platform. It was platform. a station wagon. It's a based on the golf platform, though. It, it, was, doesn't, it doesn't matter. The oh, other we're issue bickering too, again, sorry. The it's, other issue is that the golf in the States never has had all-wheel drive unless you get the Alltrack version. So? So we've never gotten an all-wheel drive golf so? to lift. What, 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 why is, is there some, like... Uh, like uh, taboo about putting all-wheel drive into a golf that you can't do it? Unpopular um, opinion too. I don't understand why you'd get a Crosstrek over an Impreza. It's just a worse Impreza. It's more expensive. It's less fuel efficient. It has no more room. The ground clearance is a little better, but you're not going to take it off-road. The Impreza is pretty much the same all-wheel drive system. Why would you spend more and get a Crosstrek? My friends are like, oh, I'm going to get a Crosstrek, not an Impreza. I'm like, why? And they're like, because it looks a little bit cooler. I'm like, that's a silly reason to go buy a car. You know, people buy vehicles because they talk to their heart, right? And the Impreza is just this kind of, kind of like, in a way, the Golf is, right? A runabout that has this reputation of being an affordable runabout, whereas the Crosstrek all of a sudden turns it into adventure. I'm not saying realistically there's adventure there, but with the cladding and with the, the, the lift, it just makes it look that much better. And it just talks to my heart, whereas the Impreza doesn't. And I think the same thing would happen with the golf anyway. I talks probably. to your heart. It does, yeah. It, it, it what speaks emotionally mean? to me. Emotionally? I, yeah, it still it, is. It makes, the, I, I want that vehicle. It's just a worse Impreza. I don't, I don't know. I don't, <laughs> don't get that. How come sometimes when you take a person that's a brunette and you make them into a blonde guy or gal, they become more attractive? I don't know why that is. It just <laughs> is, dude. It's, or, or the other way. Right. It just is. All right. Okay. All right. I don't know. It just is. All right. Number nine. Kia 900. K900. K900, yeah. Kia K900. Um, the Kia K9, which of course wouldn't work here, was turned into the Kia K900 when it came to America, uh, and it didn't work either. <laughs> it's yeah. a great car. Well, Underappreciated. Very, uh, it's, it was basically, it's an expensive uh, luxury Kia sedan, which... Um, and you said the word there, you kiss of death, one word. But Kia sedan? No, sedan. Sedans are just, it's a dying segment. Nobody's buying sedans. I know. And so you're, you're, you're not only selling something that nobody wants, but you're selling into a massive headwind. It's just, and you're selling into a massive headwind, a very luxurious, Alexis like vehicle, but under a brand that has a reputation for being an entry level brand. It's, it's almost, it's almost, you know, the kiss of death. So I combining think that, those three things. I think that's why that, that brand, the Hyundai, Gen, uh, Hyundai Kia family brought out Genesis, right? It's so right. it could sell luxury sedans in a different brand with a different um, clientele. Um, but also in that same boat is the Kia Cadenza, which is another very number, comfortable, luxurious car. Number eight on our list. Yeah, number eight on our list. Always, uh, once again, same exact issue. Right. I mean, I, I think a Cadenza, which is not something you think of when you're thinking of you know, a fast and sporty and cool car. You think of Cadenza? I do. When What's I hear Cadenza? A Cadenza. Is that like a little hut? A Cadenza. Is that like a little building? No, a credenza is like, uh, like a, a set of hut. shelves. Are you <laughs> set, sure? Set, oh. set, set of, a credenza is like a little uh, uh, thing you put your clothes into in your living room. I th- oh, you're bedroom. right. I thought it was like a little hut. No. Like a little tiki hut. No, it's like where you, where you store your socks. Oh, well, the Cadenza was a comfortable Kia, which no one bought, unfortunately. So um, Kia is going to be focusing more on their key um, core products like the K5 and the Sportage, uh, and now the upcoming EVs as well. And they are dropping these luxury so, sedans. So I would say, you know, if you're looking for an incredibly well-built, uh, an incredibly um, thoughtful and terrific and bargain uh, sedan. Buy a Genesis. No, instead of going and getting a like an Accord or a Camry as a used vehicle, go oh. find a used Kia K900 or Kia Cadenza. They're just incredible vehicles. Uh, underappreciated. They're the, this is, these are the definition of two unappreciated cars. But once again, the same thing that's going to make them hard to sell new is going to make them hard to sell used, right? People don't have the um, understanding that, that Kia has just pulled itself up by its bootstraps and become just a really um, credible, well-engineered, uh, well-thought-out uh, brand, right, that builds cars that, that rival any of the best from Japan. Uh, and unfortunately, people, I think when they think of Kias, they still think of, you know, like like the basic entry-level car from 20 years ago when the company first came to America. They are a little bit ugly. 
Uh, they're uh, they're very. Um, I don't know if they're, I don't know if they're <laughs> ugly. They're just very stodgy. They're a little ugly. Stodgy, I, I right? don't. I never really like the look of either the Keenan Hendrick or the. Cadenza. They're a little old manny to some yeah. extent. They, 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 they don't like resonate. With, a little bit of Buick Park Avenue in there. Yeah, yeah. yeah. They, they, res, they don't like resonate with exactly the hot hatch car. Yes, I agree. I agree. Completely. And one in the next car, talk about you know. Now this is a car, and I apologize to all of you owners. But this is the definition of a car that was bashed over the nose with the ugly that stick. That was cool, futuristic, no, unappreciated. No, oh my gosh. This I like this car. I thought this you was a good look, car. You, you, you've got the heart of a, like a 1950s accountant <laughs> if you like this car. I don't think it's a handsome car, but I thought it was a kind of an interesting design and engineering experiment. And We're, that is number seven on our list, the Honda Clarity. Yeah, yeah. You know, it came in, I think, I want to say three flavors. So there was, of course, the uh, fuel cell version. Yes, hydrogen. There was the all-electric version. The, the battery electric, yep. And then there was a the hybrid. Right. And, and they were all ugly. Well. <laughs> with, 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 I think, look, if you're going to cover up the rear wheels. They'd skirted rear wheels. That's yeah, pretty yeah, cool. No, it's not. That's pretty funky. No. I, I think anytime you put skirts on a car, you are creating, like, if I'm being kind, a beetle. If I'm being unkind, a cockroach. Oh, okay. It's got that kind of like it's like it's scurrying across the road instead of driving they across the road. They are a little road. weird to look at, I agree. But um, the fuel cell, I thought was pretty neat. I, I just really like hydrogen cars. I don't know if they make a lot of sense in 2021, but man, they're cool. So I really just love everything fuel cell. Um, the EV was kind of crummy, actually. The EV then, only had, it had like 80 miles of range. Yeah, it was not great. And it wasn't a California compliance car. It was like it kind of came out with an EV where Tesla was doing three to 400 miles of range, and most other automakers now, the Bolt was out, and they, they came back with one that had 80 miles of range, or maybe it was 90, I forget. I drove it. Uh, the other thing about that car was interiors are spectacular. It's like the, like the exterior and interior designers did not even talk to each other. The interiors are just beautiful I on those cars. I don't even know what they look like. They, they're very, uh, they look very expensive. They look very upscale, uh, a lot of, lot of interesting design language. But unfortunately, the outside of the car looked like, you know, Honda was channeling their inner Buick. Yeah, it's kind of cool, I guess. Yeah, it, it was kind of looks cool. like an Accord. It looks like a funky Accord inside. I, I think a lot of the current Accord uh, and Civic design language came from the Clarity, yeah, at least I internally. Yeah, I, I agree. I think that is a nice interior. Yeah, I don't. I don't think that the Clarity was particularly well loved for anything in particular. Look, look how modern that looks. Look how kind of look at those clean lines. Yeah, it's look nice. How, it, it's very nice. They yeah. did a good job with it. It was. You know what? You know, I would call that soothing. It was one of those cars where you sat inside of it, and if you were stressed out, all of a sudden that stress would just melt away because everything you looked at felt uh, just you know harmonious in its design. Harmonious. Uh, yeah, it's just you had to get in the car. You you had to maybe close your eyes when you walked to it. I don't know. Interesting. Yeah. Very interesting. So Honda. Uh, Prologue will kick off the next chapter, um, replacing the Clarity uh, and um, adieu to the Clarity and hello Prologue. That's Prologue. Coming. Prologue, yeah. It sounds like some kind of diet supplement. Apparently, that's what Zach says. The Prologue will. What, what? That <laughs> must be the new what, the, 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 the replacement. Kind of, some kind of procedure you I, I, get that a, the dermatologist. I, what is honest, that? A Tommy, prologue. I'm not aware of the Prologue. I'm, I'm not up on the Prologue. <laughs> but uh, yeah, it will. It will prologue. apparently take over from the Clarity. I mean, is it Prologue? It's P-R-O-L-O-G-U-E. Prologue. Prologue. You know prologue is? No, is it a procedure? No, it's Does not. Does it require a finger up the a, bum? A pro, no, a prologue is like the chapter in front of the first chapter oh, of a book. Oh, like a prologue. Like a prologue. Oh. <laughs> oh, well, why wouldn't that be the... Why would they... But this is coming after the Clarity. Right. And so not in front of it. That's... I, I, dude, I don't Could know. Honda like a postscript, has, maybe the Honda postscript. I don't know. Honda has some uh, funky names for some of their cars. Mm. Uh, I don't know. know if I like that, but, but maybe it's, it'll be cool. it's better than ZX fourteen three nine five, which is what <laughs> everybody the, else is going to. Well, that's the new Toyota fifteen Z fifty eight, whatever they are. Toyota for their new, name. yeah, Toyota's that new high, um, electric. Crossover. Look, look. They, they took the name from Samsung actually in their TVs. One of the coolest cars ever that was a Honda was a Prelude. So Prelude and Prologue, very similar. Prelude is a cool name, but Prologue sounds Prologue, like Prelude. Prelude is to music what Prologue is to uh, I, I literature. I know, I know, I know what a Prologue is. I just didn't put that together in my head as being. Uh, they didn't consult uh, the millennials. <laughs> So if, if they consulted the millennials, they would have called it the White Claw. <laughs> Probably true, Dad. Or Monster Energy. Probably Six true. Six Hour Energy, the new Honda White Claw. 
<laughs> yeah. Yeah. I I just uh I don't like that very much. But anyways, I I do not design cars and that's a good thing. Number 6 on the list is the Mazda CX-3, which goes against your thought process that a lifted by the way, hatchback will sell like hotcakes. The CX-3 is a lifted Mazda. Did they Mazda put cladding on it? Yes. They did not. They did put they cladding on cladding it. They did put cladding on us. They did not cladding. They did. They well, did have you seen the CX-30? Yes. That's the CX-30 is a Mazda 3 with cladding. There's no cladding on that thing. The CX-3? Yeah. It's got a little cladding. I know. It's there's no cladding. cladding. There's no cladding. If it is, it's body colored and it's almost invisible. Sorry, dude. This was kind of... Um, uh, they, they, you need there's like there's a very simple recipe. You need to lift the car. It's got need, cladding. And, and look you, at that puppy. And you need to. I, I don't want to look away. I, look it up online if you're googling this. It's um, got cladding. Uh, you need this. I think the recipe is you need to give it enough of a lift to notice that it's actually taller. It can't just be a little bit of a lift, right? The Subaru uh, Crosstrek is 8.9 inches, which is a significant. You, you need to lift it enough to make the fuel economy and ride and handling worse. Is what That's, you're that to me does not look lifted it's enough. It's lifted. It does not it's look. It's got good. cladding. Look, the whole side you, is cladding in the CX-3. You also then, which this doesn't have as well, right? You also need to give it kind of the... The, uh, the marketing? The, no, the language of off-roaders. <laughs> what? So, so that jutting out front jaw that I see on that car is not the language of off-roaders. What, what that, do you that, mean that, the that, language of off-roaders? That, that rang, like, it's not a skid plate. That language, you know, good approach to departure angles. That language oh, says to me, I'm, I'm going to break my chin on the first rock that what I you, hit. What do you mean the language? Like like a spritzer? The, the design language of off-roaders, right? So you need good approach, design, good approach departure angles, good breakover angle. You also need like off-roady wheels. Those are nothing, if anything, but off I mean, Moss just does not build... And I'm not sure they know how to build off-roaders, right? That's the one thing Mazda does, doesn't do. So what you're saying is they need to make it look off-roady, but not actually have any of the off-road yeah, potentials. Yeah, yeah, that, that, that works. Oh, my goodness. That works. What that is that our car market works. in 2021? That, look, look, Tommy, I mean, think about, like, look at look at what Hot Hatches did, right? Most of the aero cladding on mo even the, Gull, even the uh, Honda Type R, most of that stuff that's on there, right, uh, does some aero. But for the most part, it's cosmetic. But here's the issue with that argument, is that the hot hatch actually drove and handled like a sports car. Yeah, and this will a, too, if you give it a good approach, no, departure angles, no. and good tires, and good wheels. A RAV4 TRD off-road does not drive and handle off-road like a 4Runner. Well, what, once again, I think the analogy is perfect. You know, you need to give it not just the, but the math, the, but, but also... But what you're saying there is that a base cross-track, because it's got the language of off-roading... The is, design language off-roading. Yeah, is... Um, an actual off-roader because a, a Golf GTI in 1978 could handle and out-accelerate. What are like, the two most important things when you're off-roading? I think it's a low-range transfer case. No, that's number one. No, that's me. serious. We're not. That's, that's well. Real that's what you need for off-roading. No, 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 you need no, no, a low-range no, no, no. transfer case. What you need case. is good tires. That's Which the most important. Our Crosstrek doesn't have. And you need, you know, a, a, a good enough um, approach angle. No, I would say ground clearance. Which, ground clearance is more important. Those two things, if you get those two things, you could take any vehicle off-road. No, you can't take it. Yes, you can. This is, this is what you're saying, though, is you're encouraging people to go take, like, a RAV4 TRD off-road off-road. And they're going to find it just and because... And it, they're selling the... I you know, know, but just because it those looks two. like an off-roader doesn't mean it is an off-roader. Once again, Tommy, would like, you take a cross-track like, like I remember those Evos that had those little shark fins on the roof. You think those things did anything at, those, like, at like 50 miles an hour? That, no. Those Evos out-accelerated Ferraris of their day. I mean, they were super fast. They yes, yes super and a cross-track well. will go places that uh, a golf won't. I know, but it, it won't will. go places a true off-roader won't. It doesn't like matter. It doesn't matter. It, it, that, that, that Evo is not going to take on a race car. But it, in, in it, the seventies, you can't compare it to that. It's, it's, I mean, it's not going to. In you know, the seventies, when the hot hatch emerged, it could take on. It high would take on a race car. car. No, it day. would take on a perfect. No, they were quick, but they were never like, like, like around quick. a circuit. I think in early seventy or no, they late seventies, no, Golf GTI would, would lift its tire. It was a fun car, but it was certainly what ninety eight horsepower. Come on, I, I know, Deb, but my point is that they actually had real performance that you could quantify, and, and the Crosstrek has real off roadiness really? that you can does quantify. It, yeah. Does a CVT two yeah, liter? Yes, have real take, I'm just saying, if you want to do that comparison, take a standard Golf and take you know front wheel drive, and take a cross track and take them off road, and you will see the cross track will go you know ten times as far as that front wheel drive Golf will. It'll go further, no doubt, but I'm not sure. Ten that times it'll go. when you go front wheel drive versus our wheel drive, you're going you know right. But the issue that is that versus like six inches. People aren't brownies. taking for the most part aren't taking cross tracks and Rav fours off road. They're driving them on the road. 
You know it, once I mean? again, it doesn't matter. You know this by now. It doesn't matter what the car really can do. It matters what you think that you're going to do. Most people will not buy who buy a Porsche, which is a very well engineered and racetrack capital, capable car, right? And and for not even the Porsche. Let's talk about like a GT350 Mustang, a GT500. You know, even a Corvette. Most people who buy those, 95 percent of them, or maybe more, 98 percent of them, will never take it on a track. So but they buy them because they think they can, and they can. Do you think that it'll be okay, right? But it won't won't compare to a race car. I, I get that, that. But do you think a CX3 would have sold if they put BFGs yeah. on it yeah. and more cladding? Yeah. Yikes! I don't know if I agree with that I think at all. It I think now, now because because you said it yourself, overlanding, which means nothing anymore, has become so huge. Yeah, people want that. People want cars that but express their lifestyle. But the CX30 is selling really well. Great. You know, and that's just another lifted Mazda three. Yeah. No, there you, you go. Know? I think you made my argument. Um, all right, number five on our list is the 370Z. Okay. Apparently, this one is finally on its way out because Nissan has sold out of their 2020 370Zs, according to their own site. And the new Z car will debut on August 17th. It should have a twin turbo V6, an all new body, new tech, and so on. I just got the invite. Nice. Yeah, it's in New York. Sweet. I'm really excited for that. The 370Z um, was a continuation of the Z car. I, I don't think it was the best Z car they've ever done. No. I actually don't think the 350 was. Um, either, but so, hopefully the 370 brings back some of the essence of the performance. So theme. as you know, your grandfather, my dad, was a huge Z car fan. He hit a ton of them. I, I had three of them, and the last Z that I purchased, and maybe, you know, if this means anything to anybody, but was the 300ZX Twin Turbo. After that, uh, it, they just became, um, I don't know, I don't know what, it just became like, like if I felt like uh, Nissan put all their engineering prowess and, uh, and, and track prowess into the... Uh, GTR, uh, and then the Z just kind of was left to wither on the vine. You know, they they kept updating it and making it a little bit more modern, but it never had uh, that magic after the 300ZX twin turbo, right? It just became very heavy uh, and not particularly, uh, even the Nismo versions, which were better, still, I think, you know, lacked that that magic that the original vehicles had. And I, I, I can't put my finger on it. I, I, you know, I drove the 350, I drove the 370. Uh, maybe it was a lack of the turbos from the one that I was used to. I don't know. What, what, why do you think those cars just never resonated that much? Mm, um, I, I just don't think that they offered the, the, the same level yeah. of performance, especially in a straight line uh, for the money that the old ones offered. Um, so especially like the twin turbo ones and, and most of the turbo Z's I think offered a lot of especially straight line performance which is what people often buy cars from relative to like Mustangs and Camaros at the time. So I, I was and the new one just doesn't. I was uh, a guest of Nissan at their historic collection and I got to drive the first Z right. The 240. Yeah and that was you know just magic Tommy that that had that incredible uh, ability to be not you know this, this is what the GT the um, the BRZ is supposed to be basically, right, a, a car that's all about balance. But that car just was alive in your hands. Even though it didn't have a lot of power, uh, it just was incredibly fun to drive. It was responsive. It was connected to the road, uh, you know, shifting it through its gears. It was happy to oblige whatever you wanted to do to it. Uh, and it just felt uh, really fun to drive. And uh, that's a really hard thing to do. And plus, I think styling-wise, they also hit it on on the nose, right? Because they had that long, almost Jaguar-esque nose uh, with, uh, you know, those classic proportions. Uh, and yeah, it was uh, it was a car uh, that, that, that comes along maybe once in a lifetime. Uh, and it's hard to replicate that. Interesting. Yeah, sorry. It was it was just I love that car. If I could find a good one, I would buy it in a heartbeat. But they've gotten very expensive. So number four on our list is oh, geez, we're gonna have this argument again. Is the Volvo V90 the standard wagon? <laughs> well, we read what Zach wrote here. Yes, the regular wagon, not the cross country. Uh -huh, yeah, uh -huh, because uh, because the crossover has killed it. For once again, another reason I don't understand. The V90 looks better than the cross country. It drives better than the cross country. I think it's more fuel efficient. It's a better performing vehicle, but for some reason the cross country is still going on because consumers just want cladding and, like you said, slight bits of big tires on their cars. And um, that's what the cross country has that the V90 doesn't. Well, these numbers are interesting. Yeah, they sold 1,500 V90s in the past three years from 2017 to 2020, and they sold 132,000 XC90s in the same time frame, which is granted bigger and not quite the same class. 
Um, but Volvo confirmed that the V90 will not be coming back for 2022. The V90, by the way, was special order anyway. So you had to um, go to your dealer and be like, I specifically don't want the lifted cross, the lifted version. I want the, the sporty one. Well, you know how I said at the beginning of the show that uh, sedans are almost all but dead, a dying segment. Yes. There's one segment that is actually like like racing it to the grave and is you know in the lead right now, and that is of course the station wagon. The station wagon, which yep. is a, which is a huge shame. I love station wagons, and you know talking about one of the best station wagons that's unheralded or un. Appreciate it. It's the V60, right? The smaller wagon that Volvo builds. Yep. Uh, I, I took that off-road as well. Uh, just an incredible car. Once again, they have like a, a cross-country version of it that you know is is just a lifted looks appearance. But yeah, I love my Volvo wagons, uh, and thank God that the Europeans are still buying them. But here in America, you know, it's um, it's just gone right now. I don't I don't know why the, the wagon is out of favor. Uh, and the crossover and the SUV have taken over, but it's it's not just uh, dead, but it's, you know, put a nail in it and unfortunately, you know, throw some dirt and walk away. I, once again, and I'll say this for the last time because I know it's not a popular opinion in the new car market. If I have a choice of buying a station wagon or a crossover, mm. 100% of the time I get the station wagon. Every because, journalist says that, but nobody, nobody. Yeah, I know, no, but nobody buys them. And I do think that you're right. People do want the perception of having, you know, the adventure lifestyle. But a station wagon will drive better than a crossover. A dog it's can get into the back of it, actually. Lower to the ground. Yes. Yep. Uh, handles like a car, right? With the utility yeah. of a it's sexier of an SUV. I think it looks better. Yeah. Anyways, uh, look forward to reading those comments. I think, I think I think part of it too is because of the higher seating positions. In a crossover or the even higher position in like an SUV, think of like the Defender. I think a lot of uh, people like being up high, you know, being able to see over the tops of sedans, being able to have this kind of, let's call it, the, you know, the, the Land Rover command driving position. I think that's what sells. I think when you get inside of a station wagon, you're down low and you're more of a, kind of in a sports car, but at the same time on the road, you feel a little bit inferior if I, if I even say that. I sure. think that's true to, to all the people who are driving around in their crossovers. Uh, yeah, I understand that 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 theory. Yeah, and I think that is part of it. I don't buy into that theory, but I um, I, I understand why someone like my mom especially likes to be in an SUV because she feels like she has more control. Well, she, or She had the wagon, right? She had the Volvo. Right. Uh, and then she moved from that. We went from the Volvo wagon to an SUV, a crossover, and now she's had nothing but crossovers. Yep. Yeah, I know. I know. That's what, uh, and uh, I've suggested buying a wagon, trend. but she just looks at me like I'm she's crazy. Like, no, it's too low. I can't see over traffic. Yeah. yeah. All right. So number three, the Honda Civic Coupe. So Honda announced that um, the 2020 Coupe is um, going away. But now that we have the newest generation of Civic, it's not coming back in the new car. Not that you saw many Civic Coupes anyways. We're still going to get the normal sedan and hatch as well as SI and Type R. Um, SI is now sedan only and Type R is still a hatchback. And by the way, I just want to, I don't like, I don't like to leave questions out there. Uh, my wife and your mom is driving a BMW X5 right now in case people are wondering what she's yep, driving. Yep, she has an X5. Yeah. So um, going back to the Civic, um, the SI and Type R are manual only, which is interesting in a market that is moving away from manuals. I think this is pretty silly, actually. Uh, we were talking about this in the car yesterday about the Viper yeah. having manual-only options. And I was also talking to the engineer behind the Fiat 500 Abarth, the little sure, performance yeah. Fiat. Um, and they, they, they have sold so many once they introduced the automatic transmission in look, the Abarth. Look, here's the thing. I'm going to blame mainly the Germans on this one. Whoa. But let's face it. The Germans have killed the coupe. When the four door, the sedan was a four door, the coupe was a two door, right? That was very simple. And the shooting brake, if you're, you know, into like the traditional names for these things, was a station wagon, right? Or, yeah, well, or some the kind estate. of weird wagon. Yeah, right, right. That was. I mean, there were three kinds of cars. That, you know, at once upon a time, there those was, were the good old days. There I was like a those sedan, days. a coupe, and a wagon. Those were simple days. We didn't have crossovers. <laughs> What a time to be alive. <laughs> and then the Germans decided, ah, nine, nine, nine. The, the, the coupe will have four doors. And I'm like, no, it shouldn't have four doors. It should have, that's what makes a coupe so cool, right? These long ass doors that are impossible to get in and out of when you park them at the local grocery store because they swing out like 15 meters yeah. past the car. But it's what makes it sexy and fun and different. And it says that, you know, uh, I am, I am you know, uh, youthful and ready to rock and roll. Uh, and then they decided, you know what, you can have your cake and eat it too. So what we're going to do is create a four-door um, 
coupe, coupe. Uh, and then then basically that created a vehicle where it was confused as to its own identity and the back seat became unusable and then they had especially BMW so then they had the X5 SUV which was great makes a lot of sense the little SUV the big SUV and then they made the coupe version of the SUV which made less sense which is the X6. I agree. Right? Yeah. And then they decided to split the gap with these horrible things called the GT. Do you remember the GT? They took like a 3 and a 5 series. Yeah, they're still there. And I think they killed them finally. I don't think you can get the GT. Because the GT had those hideous like half coupe, half station wagon uh, ends. I'm pretty I, sure I, they're I, dead. I, I, I think you can still get... The, uh, the, I don't think you can get the GT. Why don't you, why don't you Google it and I'll keep doing my uh, rant about... The GTs were just terrible. About the four-door coupes. The reason that the back seat is unusable is because they, they kept the roof line of the coupe, which was low and kind of stretched out, which doesn't work in a four-door because then you try to get in the back seat, but you basically have no headroom uh, or shoulder room to say. So it looks like you should be able to, like in a stand, it looks like you should have room back there, but then when you get into it, you don't. Um, I guess that's better than trying to crawl into the back of a, a four-seater coupe, but nevertheless, it doesn't solve the back seat problem or the headroom problem. It just creates an easier way to get it out of They are, in fact, dead. Are they dead? Yes, thank okay. goodness. All right. Kill those puppies with fire. That's what uh, I'm going Yeah, so anyway, um, uh, you know, and I think, I think um, also, once upon a time, a hot hatch, right, was relatively easy to define. I mean, let's, the GTI was a classic hot hatch, right? And when you, if you were to draw it, you'd, you'd follow the roof line and then it kind of dropped at a 90 degree angle and that was a hot hatch but now with like you know all these cars like even the uh, the, the tesla model y right that are basically hatchback coupes does that make sense i like what motor trend called these gts by the way what do they call them? the hunchback yeah yeah <laughs> and so so i think there's just a lot of confusion now right they look like some, some cars it's funny because some cars look like they should be a hatchback but they're uh, not right. They have yeah. I know you're looking at the BMW there, but I'm, you see what I'm saying, right? There's some cars that look like it should be a hatch, but then it's got a, a traditional trunk. Yes. And then there are some cars that look like they should have a traditional trunk, but then the whole back hatchback. Yeah. And I think I think that's created so much confusion that that it just has made it difficult for manufacturers now to define the segment that they're selling into. I was just in that same predicament. I was looking at the new BMW i4, which is. Once again, kind of like that fastback coupe-looking sedan design. Um, and I, on my video, I, I lifted up the, 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 the trunk area, and the whole thing lifted up. And I, I said kind of like a hatchback. And the reason I said that is because when I say hatchback, people equate that with like a Golf. Right. Yeah. Right? Or like a little economy car, like a Yaris. Um, it's just it's a mess right now. Yeah. Yeah. And so I, I'm not surprised that the Honda Civic Coupe is dead. All right. What's number two on our list? Mazda 6. So the Mazda 6, the midsize sedan, is no more. The front-wheel drive platform is on its way out, but apparently there's a new rear-wheel drive platform coming with apparently a rumored um, inline 6 and plug-in hybrid options. Mazda has big plans apparently for this new Mazda 6. It will look dramatically different if and when it comes back to the States. You know, um, the Mazda 6 was uh, one of the best um, cars in its segment. Uh, I don't think it got the respect that it 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 should have gotten. Yeah, uh, I agree. You know, it was a it, it was or is a great looking car. It's got incredible driving dynamics. It's well built, uh, but yet you know when you think of Mazdas, there's only one car, two cars, but really only one car that that means anything, and that's the CX-5, right? That's the one that overwhelmingly sells. Uh, and then there's a Miata. Well, I, that, think I mean, those CX are the two. Those are the two. Like it's like you know. That's kind of the dirty secret of Mazda, right? Ford, Ford's dirty secret is that the F-150 is a goose that laid the golden egg. And people know that because they take pride in it. But with Mazda, it's really the CX-5. I think they're selling a lot of CX-30s. I, I don't know the exact number. I'll have to look it up. I think they're selling a lot of the CX-30s, which is replace the CX-3. I, I want to say the CX-5 uh, is accounts for like 50 or 60% of I, every I bet Mazda. it's huge. Yeah, but I mean, not to discount the CX-9 is also pretty popular. It's weird. The CX-9 isn't as popular as the CX-5. It's not as popular, it's, it's, but it's, it's... Like, the CX-5 is, is in that segment, one of the leading vehicles in the segment from a very small car manufacturer. I think they still sell quite a few... Somehow, like, the word has gotten out that that car is great, and, like, it, it might be, like, word of mouth where people talk to each other, and they're like, hey, I got this thing, and you should get one. I don't know what it is, but it's the car that, that built Mazda or that's keeping Mazda afloat right now. Um... Yeah, I, I, I like the CX-5 a lot, but I, I'm not saying like CX-30 and CX-9 are the best in their class. 
but I think they sell quite a few of them. Um, anyway, uh, it's just a funny brand uh, when it comes to like those kinds of numbers. I love the brand in itself. I think it's once again, it's it's relatively unappreciated. I think Mazda builds high quality cars. Uh, they're a very old school, as far as I can tell from some of the people I've talked to who are familiar with kind of the company culture. It's a very old school company. It's very small. You know, it's based in, I think, Hiroshima, right, in Japan. And, and that's kind of like the heartland of Japan. Um, so uh, it, it, it just has a different kind of uh, vibe to it. And it, you know, the car, it, it, the other problem with Mazda is that it's kind of in this dead man zone for car companies, right? It's not small enough to be a boutique car company where like Ferrari, where you can just get away with selling, you know, a small amount of cars, but it's not big enough to have kind of that, that like, you know, Ford or GM or Toyota Honda uh, kind of, you know, mass of, 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 production very true it's, it's tough tough all right and number one yeah number one is the land cruiser so this has been talked about a lot but this is the 200 series land cruiser is a current one you can buy right now and it is no more apparently for the united states market it was introduced in 2008 is that right 2007 yeah i think it was oh we, 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 we had the first first year, model yeah. year was 08 in the states yeah and it's big 5.7 liter v8 legendary rock crushing reliability and there's a new one that they just released or unveiled for foreign markets, but apparently that one's not coming stateside. Yeah, ironically, it's selling really well now. They've sold 3,500 so far, which is more than they've what, sold. With the Land Cruiser? Yeah, in seven months. Oh, they do have that cool new Heritage Edition, edition yeah. which is a really cool trim. It's got old they, school. I uh, think people have figured it out that it's going away. And so they're, maybe Twitter will change its mind and, you know. Maybe maybe they're maybe they're playing the long game here where it's going away, guys. Oh my gosh, sales have doubled. Guess what? Because sales are so popular, you're you've demanded it, so we're gonna keep it and we're gonna bring back the three hundred series. Maybe you're right. That would be funny. But consistently the two hundred series sells just a few thousand a year. Yeah. Right? And it has since two thousand eight. And it's just in relative Toyota's um, market share in the number of units they sell, it just it's hardly any. Right. Having said that though, its cousin the LX570 from Lexus sells in pretty big volume relative to the Land Cruiser. So the rumor is that they're going to bring the 300 series to the States in Lexus form, but not in the Land Cruiser name. So I would say uh, you kill that car at your own risk, Toyota. Uh, I, I understand that it's about economics, but you know there are certain cars in every brand that carry that brand's DNA, right? That represent the best of that brand. Uh, and with Toyota, with its... It may not represent the general Toyota brand. I think if you look at a Toyota, probably the vehicle that represents its brand more for the general buying public is a Corolla, right? That that they sold Corolla, by the way, is the best-selling car ever. People think it's the Beetle, it's the Corolla. Um, so that's the car I think that carries the DNA for the brand. But the DNA for the off-roading part of the brand is definitely in the Land Cruiser. Uh, you know, the, the the number of people who have a a warm spot in their heart. The number of people who have owned them uh, around the world, not just in America, is incredible. There's a giant community that's built around them. Uh, it, you know, it, it's the, it's like the, it's like the, 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 the product that, signif that significantly uh, represents Toyota, Toyota's off-road kind of cred. And like I say, even though there's a Lexus version of it, when you kill that, you do it at your own peril because I think that the ramifications are, are more than just. Uh, you know, the cost of only selling 3000 a year. It's just, I'm there, actually... There's, there's, I'm, just, there's just, you know, there's, I think it says something about you as a brand when you kill your your most iconic off-roader. Very upset over there. Um, I personally am fine with the Land Cruiser dying in the States with the big caveat, if they bring back a vehicle like the FJ Cruiser, because I love the Land Cruiser, but it's just got so expensive. I mean, uh, we're talking about a $90,000 SUV here. And they start at like 85 or 88. I would love to see DFJ Cruiser come back, still maintain that, you know, somewhat of the Land Cruiser lineage uh, to compete with the Bronco and the Wrangler and um, that class. I think that'd be hugely popular. I, I think you put your finger on it, Tommy. I, I think Toyota had perhaps some of the worst timing in the industry. They killed off the FJ Cruiser just as, you know, uh, off roading and overlanding. Or is becoming the thing. Well, in the and Nissan with the Xterra. I and think Nissan. That was also Nissan, bad right? right. I mean, you know, Jeep is on track to sell a quarter million Wranglers. Who would have thunk, right? Quarter yeah, million, that's insane. Quarter million Wranglers. And the buzz around the Bronco was just through the roof. Through the roof. You can't, you can't get a Bronco. You know, they're sold out for the next year. 
and you know, right before all that happened, Toyota basically took the most capable competitor to those cars, which was the FJ, right? I mean, there's a yeah. forerunner, but the FJ was the one. If you're going to compete against the Wrangler, the fun vehicle. Yeah, yeah, it, you know, it's it's a it's a it's a lifestyle vehicle. The Forerunner is more of a you know just a traditional vehicle, but but the FJ is definitely a lifestyle vehicle. So is the Bronco, and so is of course the Wrangler. And they decided to you know to, to to pull the plug on it. Only in America, though, you can still buy them in places like South Africa and the Middle East, I believe. For the FJ Cruiser, yeah, yeah, but it was pretty old. I mean, that, that's another vehicle that came out in 07, I think, was the first model year. Sure. I mean, you got to update it. Yeah. I, I, what I'd like to see is just take the current fifth generation Forerunner, rip the body off, put something cool retro and convertible on there, um, leave the 4 liter and the 5 p whatever, and, 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 and they'll sell a ton of them. Here's the other thing, Tommy. Right now, you know what's one of the hottest segments out there right now? What? A big SUVs. They're having their moment. Big SUVs are... Two, are yes. Like, big, I'm talking like Tahoes. I'm talking... I'm talking Yukons, but they navigators. have a, they have a player in that segment, the Sequoia. It's old and it's not exactly you know rocking it. Right. Uh, I'm so, but I'm saying that that segment is one of the hottest. If you chart like the crossover SUV segment, that segment is on fire right now. And when that segment is on fire, they're killing their best vehicle in that segment. I, but it's just too expensive. I mean, how much is a Tahoe now? Tahoe how much is it? Forty-nine thousand or something? How, no, not when you get the off-roady one. The off-roady one's what? Sixty-seven, seventy. If you want, yeah. Now one. you're approaching Land Cruiser. You're twenty thousand. How about how about an Escalade? Yeah, but Escalade one, Escalade is a premium brand that competes the Lexus. So the one we had here, how much was it? One hundred and twelve thousand. Right, and that competes with the LX five seventy. You know, I'm the Land Cruiser that, is just a weird. It's just a weird thing. I mean, it's a great vehicle, one of the most long-lived vehicles you can buy ever. But it's just Land Cruiser people are going to buy Land Cruiser. And if you're not a Land Cruiser person, it's hard to justify spending $90,000 on a Toyota badge. It just is in the States. I guess it's kind of like, to me, it feels like, let's say that, uh, let me give you an example of what I'm talking about. Let's say that. uh, So, like, let's look at our neighborhood, right? Our neighbor buys a lot of fancy cars every year. And he is pretty brand focused, right? And he just went out and bought a Defender. He's had an X7. Um, you know, he's well within this Land Cruiser price range, but I don't think it's ever occurred to him, partly because of that Toyota badge on the front of it. He'd probably consider the LX. You know, the LX is the same vehicle, just as long-lived, but it's got a more panache around it, and the Land Cruiser just doesn't have that among that luxury segment. I'm just saying, you know, it would be like, let's say that you go to the coffee shop and the hottest new drink is a cappuccino, right? I'm just picking a kind of drink that people, all of a sudden, everybody decides, you know, the, the, the coffee I want is cappuccino, right? And you're Toyota and you're like, you know what, let's get a, let's do it with cappuccinos. We don't need them anymore. But they have the Sequoia. <laughs> no, I, mean, I don't get it. And they still have that It's not class. the same, dude. It's not. It's, I know it's, it's not it's the same. same. The, the, the Sequoia... I don't even know how to spell it, let alone, <laughs> seriously, let, let alone having the same brand value that a Land Cruiser There's a has. Q in there somewhere. But <laughs> my point is that I don't think anyone's like, well, I have my Armani suit and I'm thinking about buying a Navigator or a Mercedes GLS. You know what I'm going to do? I'm going to go buy a Toyota. Now, if the Land Cruiser was 50K, oh, my God, they'd sell, I think, a lot of them in a lot of ways. All right, let, let me give you another example, okay? Which, I, once again, I think you, if you kill this, you do it at your own peril. Uh, let me give you, I think, a, a very pertinent example, right? Right now, the, what Mercedes has the longest weight and has the highest markup, which out of all the Mercedes... The G. And, the G, exactly. But There's like 3,000 models, and the why one is that, that everybody wants is the G. But why is that? Because it's new and because that segment is red hot. No. And, and people, represents- want, people want the G because people on Beverly Hills drive G-Wagon. Yes, and if, if they But people on-, on Beverly Hills don't drive Land Cruiser. Yes, they do. They, they actually, do not. They do, I've Tommy. never seen a Land Cruiser oh, on Beverly Hills. Believe me, Hills. people in the know, it's, it's one of those things like it's, if you're in the know, you drive a Land Cruiser. Uh, the problem is... You know, it's old and it's been around a long time, just like the, the G, right? And when the new G came out, it exploded because all of a sudden it became cool and hip again. Even and, in 2008, no one was driving Land Cruisers. Oh, on, oh yes, I they guarantee were. Oh. That if Justin Dad, Bieber, if Justin Bieber pulls up to the Oscars no, 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 in a Heritage no, Edition no, Land Cruiser. No, no, it's not that same thing. It's Okay, the G is like, you know, if you're, if you're like cool and too hip for school, then you drive the G. But there is just as much like, oh, there's new money and there's old money, but there's just as much old money. 
like think of the Hamptons. Now I'm not thinking of Beverly Hills. I'm thinking of like the Hamptons, like places like that, right? Where there's a ton of old money. Those people are all driving Land Cruisers and they know the value of that vehicle. And and that is that's an underground kind of like sure. There's like, Land Cruiser like, like people. status and demand. And if they if they built a new one, I think, or if they brought a new one, I think it would have that same kind of trajectory that the G Wagon had, where uh, it's the most popular Mercedes and yeah, you can't but buy the it right G now. is popular because it's a status symbol in rap videos. It, but it's also even it's old if, school money versus new. But even if they bring a new Land Cruiser in, you're not. I just don't see them selling it at ninety k. I mean, oh, I see them selling it. At, I, I if I were if I were Toyota. I would just blow through 100k. I would, then, I would, I would make that thing like the poster child for 120. Why wouldn't you make it a Lexus then? Because Lexus is the premium um, brand. Because it doesn't have the brand equity and it doesn't have the brand reputation the that the Land Cruiser has. Land Cruiser has a ton of brand. The, the, equity. Lexus, the Lexus to me says uh, old man. The Toyota Land Cruiser says rich, serious, old money, and that's a whole different like. A whole different vibe that, that that I want versus the one that I don't want. See, in my mind, Land Cruiser, and from folks I talk to, Land Cruiser represents dependability. It represents longevity, off-road yeah, ability, money. toughness, but it doesn't represent rich. There's some folks out there who are really pragmatic, and they're like, "I'm gonna, well, I'm gonna buy the car that'll last me 300,000 miles." But if you have that kind of money, there's a good chance you're gonna say, like, "I want like the, the Range Rover like, brand." It's the like the of difference that. between Warren Buffett and. Elon Musk, right? They're but very, Elon Musk is way more cool right now than Warren Buffett. But there, but but there are people that want both. Of, you know, there are some people that want to be like Musk, but there's a lot of people that want to be like Buffett. There is a lot of that kind of, you know, uh, deep down, old school, you know, old respectability that people strive for and want and appreciate and has, you know, has brand value. Sure, there's a flashy stuff, right? But there's, a, there's a, you know, I agree. I'm all about the Land Cruiser. I love it, Dad. But I think that's a really good example. There's a lot more folks interested in Musk right now in this culture than there is Buffett. Yeah. There just isn't that much interest in Warren Buffett. I see. Elon I would Musk say the that. smart money is in Buffett. Whereas the smart money is in Buffett, but the smart money isn't cool right now, and it's not drawing people to that lifestyle. Maybe it's, it's just a matter of you know our age difference. Maybe it, maybe when you get to be you know ultimately older, dead, but you'll understand. Thing. You'll understand kind of. Then why you, is you know, it not the best-selling car since 2007 when it was debuted? It I was just, a brand new car at one point. I just Granted, think the people was, who knew what it was worth and what it was bought it, and the rest of us didn't. That's why I'm saying with the, the right marketing campaign and the right new you know product, they could actually blow that thing out the door like they did with the G wagon. I think that it's got that same potential, and I think killing it is uh, like I say, you do it at your own peril. But if I were Toyota, I think you've got a diamond in the rough there that would uh, you know drive traffic to your dealerships would elevate the brand and would reinforce to it as a leader in off-roading so if you want to kill it go for it guys but uh, once again Tommy it's, it's a matter of perspective I think you know what what we see here in America is very different oh totally from what what people see no. in Wolfsburg or what people see uh, in I agree Japan. but the issue is I can't give you, a, give you another example of that? I, I can't speak to what people see in Australia or Japan I just don't know what their culture is I'm just seeing speaking know, from my what, perspective I'm, I'm, as an American in America I'll give you another example when we were recently at Toyota right somebody suggested that with the new Tundra they should brand it as a Lexus and the, and the CEO of uh, of the head of, of Lexus and you know their the leadership team was up there they all looked at the journalist like he was crazy, like, nobody's going to buy a Lexus pickup. And I thought to myself, it's brilliant. It is absolutely brilliant. You you know, they all like, they all went Blackwood. Like, Who bought a Lincoln Blackwood? I'm like, that was absolutely the wrong way to go, right? There are a ton of Lexus buyers out there tons of them who also own king ranches and who also own high countries right and if they were to walk into the dealership and there would be a lexus pickup sitting there i bet you as many would buy them as opposed to walking across the street and going and getting yourself a king ranch at the ford dealer i think they would i just i just think they would because the lexus experience in the dealership is so so refined and so um so great that people would buy that pickup because they would know that it's got the lexus Toyota slash, you know, off-road ability, it's brand value for reliability, uh, it's got kind of the, that, that new kind of like chicness that, that, hey, I have a Lexus pickup truck, uh, and, and, and the people on, on the management team thought I was, you know, that the journalist and that I was absolutely crazy, that it makes no sense that nobody's going to buy a Lexus pickup, and I think it would sell through the roof. Of course, I don't have, you know, a couple billion dollars to bet on that, uh, it's a whole different, you know, thing when you're just kind of handboating it here, but my gut tells me a Lexus pickup, if you, if you created it based on a Tundra, it would do really well.
I don't have the next three hours to have that argument with you, but it is an interesting idea. And as always, guys, let us know what you think of this rip cars in the comment section below. And are there any others you think are on the chopping block? For sure. Chop, chop, chop. Yeah, it's a shame. All right. Thanks for watching. And remember, check out, of course, all of our YouTube channels, uh, TFL Car. And thank you especially to all of our Patreon uh, members who are helping to support this uh, podcast. Uh, as you can tell, there are no commercials on it. It's getting harder and harder to do that because of the amount of time and effort that we're putting into these. Uh, at some point, we have to pay our rent. Uh, so uh, we're, we're really grateful to our Patreons for making this possible. Tommy, thank you for joining me. Uh, and guys, thank you for joining us. And uh, we'll see you next week. Yep. See ya. Ciao. Save big on Brunch for Mom, all in the Kroger app. Get 16-ounce packs of flavorful Angus 90% Lean Ground Sirloin for $4.99 each with a digital coupon. Then buy two, get two free on 12 packs of delicious Coca-Cola, Pepsi, or 7-Up, all with your card. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details.